everyone, you're listening to Save Me an Isle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hello. Also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Oh, hi. Hello. Oh, hi. On this week's episode, we are covering the musical Be More Chill. Yes. Super duper fun. Boop. (laughs) Today's going to be a blast, so I hope you guys are ready for this. (laughs) No. (laughs) Be More Chill. Uh, is pretty great. So the music and lyrics are by Joe Iconis, book by Joe Trax, and it's based on the 2004 novel of the same name by Ned Vizzini. This, I would definitely say this musical doesn't really have a mama warning per se, but it's also probably not something mama would be interested in. So take that as you will. You know, it's pretty weird, but it's not overly inappropriate or anything. Then what is the point? I mean... <laughs> So, Be More Chill premiered in May 2015 at the Two River Theater in New Jersey and ran until June 2015. And originally the show received mixed reviews and so they didn't pursue another production. But then the show started gaining internet fame, which we all know is just magic. That's how it do. (laughs) And that was in 2017. And then the cast album even entered a Billboard Top 10 chart. Because oh. of the internet fame. Weird. Go internet. So, of course, they were like, well, we got to bring this back. And so the show moved off-Broadway for previews in July 2018, officially opened in August, and ran until September. And then at this point, a Broadway production was announced. Wow. The Broadway preview started at the Lyceum Theater in February 2019 and opened in March 2019. It ran until August 2019, playing about 200 performances, and then the entire off-Broadway cast reprised their roles, which included Will Rowland, Jason Tam, George Salazar, Stephanie Sue, and more. It had a London run from 2019 to 2020, and, of course, closed early because of COVID. Wow. Do-do-do. Shocker! COVID ruins everything. <laughs> everything. It was also set for an 18-week limited engagement run at the Apollo Theater in Chicago in 2020. But, you, you, you know, uh, still, still COVID. Yeah. Well... Great. I hate it. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, today we are working off the 2015 original cast recording because that's the one that Amber had first listened to and that's how we all got introduced. But the original Broadway cast recording is good too. We will have a link to our Spotify in the show notes as always. And this sound is actually very poppy and electronic. So that's pretty cool. George Salazar in the off-Broadway production won a Lucille Lortel Award for Outstanding Featured Actor in a Musical. The Broadway production was nominated for a bunch of awards in 2019, but didn't win any. I don't know if you guys caught it, but George Salazar we have seen before. So he played Grover in The Lightning Thief. Oh, that's why it sounded familiar. Uh Uh-huh. So we have seen him before. He's fantastic. He's been in a bunch of other stuff, of course. But yeah, shout out to George Salazar because he's cool. Go, George. Go, Salad Bar. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So even after its internet growth and revival, the show still receives mixed reviews. The Wall Street Journal calls it a charming, astutely crafted tale of neurotic post-millennial geeks in love. Jeez. Weird. But the New York Times called it the theatrical equivalent of one of those high-pitched dog whistles that only those under 25 can hear. (laughs) Hmm. All right. (laughs) So they just gave it the description of okay, boomer. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Basically. 
So did any of you get a chance to listen to this one? I did not, but nope. apparently I'm out of the age range, so... <laughs> you can't hear it yeah. anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think Matt's the only one that can. This was probably reviews back a couple years ago. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. You might have been able to hear it at the time. That is true. That's true. It is pretty good, so I recommend giving it a listen. Kind of weird, but we'll get there because the storyline is odd. <laughs> um, so on... October 20th, 2018, it was announced that 21 Laps Entertainment and Berlanti Productions would partner to produce a film adaptation. It will be distributed by 20th Century Studios, which is now owned by Disney. So maybe we'll see it on Disney Plus someday. Oh, movie night. (laughs) That would be so strange. I would be very happy with that, though. So, And then, of course, the book that this musical is based on, which I mentioned earlier, is being adapted into a graphic novel by David Levithan and Nick Bertozzi. So that's pretty cool, too. Okay, and then with that background information out of the way, are we ready to hop into our Act 1? No. Oh, okay. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> that's the end of the episode, episode this, this week. Episode. <laughs> All right. So we start off uh, by being introduced to Jeremy here. Where? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, bad puns are my thing. Uh, I need you to lay off. He's gonna fight you. A high school junior and social outcast. So his parents are divorced and he lives with his father, who works from home and refuses to wear pants around the house. I mean, so who doesn't? <laughs> At school, Jeremy is bullied by Rich Goransky, the popular kid. Rich writes B-O-Y-F on Jeremy's book bag. And then on Michael Mel's book bag, he writes I-E-N-D-S. So it looks like boyfriends when they stand next to each other. Oh. <laughs> Gay. Gay. And so Michael is Jeremy's best friend. And so he just kind of tries to comfort him by saying that being a loser is okay. Like, whatever, dude. Just deal with it. He talks about what he just saw on Discovery. And so basically humanity has stopped evolving. And he points out that without the whole survival of the fittest thing, you don't have to be strong to survive. So, quote, there's never been a better time in history to be a loser. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> so. That is true. It's definitely one way of looking at things. This is the role that George Salazar plays, and he's just fantastic. He's just like, dude, just be a loser. It's fine. <laughs> You'll live. I love it. Anyway, Jeremy's crush, Christine Canigula, signs up for the school play. And so, of course, Jeremy decides to as well. Because why not? Uh, And then throughout all of this, Jeremy compares his life to a zombie apocalypse and talks about how he's not the hero of the story. He's just trying to survive. But he wonders if someone can help him, quote, more than survive in the song More Than Survive, which covers this whole whole intro portion that I just talked to and is like eight minutes long. Wow. It's a long song. Jesus. It's long. Before the first play rehearsal, Christine professes her love for theater to Jeremy, explaining that life is easier when following a script. We wouldn't know anything about that. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) What? And this takes place in I Love Play Rehearsal. The drama teacher, Mr. Reyes, reveals that the play is a Midsummer Night's Dream, but set in a post-apocalyptic world. Because why not? It will be called A Midsummer Nightmare About Zombies. That really rolls off the tongue. Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. During rehearsal, Jake Dillinger, another popular kid, flirts with Christine, and this angers Jeremy. 
Jeremy is confronted by Rich in the bathroom, who ends up telling him how he became popular. As a freshman, he took a pill called SQUIP, which means Super Quantum Unit Intel Processor. Okay. Yep. Hmm. Which is basically a computer that implants in the brain and tells the person what to do and say. Rich suggests that Jeremy buy one to become cooler in the song, The Squip Song. That can't possibly go wrong. No. <laughs> so if Never. you can't tell how this uh, story is going to go. Weirdly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I said it was weird. I warned you. You did. Yeah. You did. So later, while playing video games with Michael, Jeremy mentions the squip and his conversation with Rich. After an awkward conversation with his dad, who is still not wearing pants, he decides to get a squip. But Jeremy assures Michael that they will always be a team, no matter what, in the song Two-Player Game. Mm. Yeah. You can just see the heartbreak coming. But it's fine. (laughs) So the two go to the mall, and they meet up with a dealer at Paylet's shoe source. Jeremy buys a squip and, as instructed, swallows it with green Mountain Dew. The squip activates, causing Jeremy to have seizure in front of Christine and Jake in the song The Squip Enters. This is like a really short song, but it really shows the physical pain that Jeremy is going through as this thing like sets up in his brain. Meanwhile, Uh, the other people don't know like what's going on with him, right? Just that he's like freaking out. And so Jake is recording his crazy reaction on his phone because he just finds it funny. (laughs) Wow. Mm. Rude. The squip, under the guise of Keanu Reeves, you know, of course, (laughs) Um, criticizes Jeremy. This is just cyberpunk. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is cyberpunk, the prologue. (laughs) Uh, Saying that everything about him is terrible, his appearance, personality, behavior, everything. In the song, Be More Chill, Part 1. Hey, that's the name of the musical. Oh my god. Wow. The squip orders him to go buy a new shirt. In doing so, he picks up a woman's shirt and encounters two girls from school, Brooke and Chloe. The squip walks Jeremy through making up a story to get empathy from them. They offer Jeremy a ride home in the song, Do You Want a Ride? But he declines, not wanting to leave Michael behind. Angry at being defied, the squip lies to Jeremy and tells him that Michael has already left without him. It tells him that Jeremy must obey every order in order to become popular in the song, Be More Chill, Part 2. Jeez, Keanu Reeves, relax. Yeah. I thought you were a good guy. (laughs) (laughs) The next day before school, Jeremy starts getting used to the squip even though it shocks him and makes him do push-ups as punishment for thinking about sex and wanting to masturbate. Uh, He must do a lot of push-ups. Yeah, I mean, he is a teenage boy, so... He doesn't have time to do anything else. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And this is in the song More Than Survive Reprise, Uh, but fact here, by the time this show hit Broadway, this song was replaced by Sync Up, and a shorter version of this reprise was moved earlier in the musical, so... Things are a little different between soundtracks. Ah. Jeremy goes to school more confident the next day. The squip gives Jeremy a look into the fears and insecurities of the kids around him. Jeremy's squip links up with Riches, instantly making them friends. And this is that song, Sync Up, that I just mentioned. So Jeremy heads to play rehearsal. Christine tells Jeremy about a guy that she has feelings for. And a song, a guy that I'd kind of be into. And Jeremy, of course, thinks it's him at first, because he's like, obviously it's me. But then it turns out to be Jake. Mwop mwop. <gasps> Awkward. <laughs> the squip informs Jeremy that Christine won't date him until his social standing improves. It encourages him to use Brooke as a stepping stone to popularity, so he hooks up with her. Meanwhile, Jake invites Christine over in the song Upgrade. Overwhelmed, Jeremy asks the squip to shut itself off for a few minutes. Instantly, he sees Michael, who is surprised because Jeremy has been ignoring him all day. 
The scoop explains that it was using optic nerve blocking to block Michael from Jeremy's vision. It says that in order to be more popular, he must upgrade to Jeremy 2.0. Jeremy finally decides that he's tired of being a loser and gives in to the squip. No! In the song, Loser, Geek, Whatever. It's not in the recording we're working from, but it's in the Broadway one. Interesting. And with that weird, weird, weird start, (laughs) we're in our intermission. Yeah. What have you done? <laughs> what is this show, Amber? Uh, <laughs> I don't this sounds like weird. a Matt musical. This sounds like it a Matt musical. Kind of does. Yeah. It really yeah. does. Kind of. What the heck? She's <laughs> stepping on your turf, Matt. Everyone's stepping on your turf tonight, Matt. Yeah. I, I see I'm not needed here. <laughs> I'm firing myself. I'm just the loser of the podcast. Better get a squip. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, what are our thoughts about Act 1? <laughs> I don't think I have any. I just love that this was revived by internet fame. Yeah. This sounds like a show that would be revived by internet fame. Yes. This sounds like a fever dream from the internet. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think, actually, a, a bunch of uh, people got together and wrote a fanfiction together. And, like, this was it. I can I can definitely see why it was getting mixed reviews. Yeah, because all the old people and, are like, what the heck is yeah, happening? Yeah, just so confused. Yeah, it definitely like, <laughs> takes the right crowd. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. I'm sure we're all here like, I mean, I kind of get it, so yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I could follow it. I could dig it. <laughs> it's bizarre, but I can follow it. Like, it's definitely, it's definitely got a similar vibe to basically any teen book show anything. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this loser wants to be popular and does weird things to get there. Oh, and don't worry. We've got a party scene coming up. Oh, no. Oh, of course. You can't have, have a have teen one. story without a party scene. Obviously. Let's just delete that scene. <laughs> just delete it. So, yeah. Like I said, you guys really need to listen to this one. So, you do get a good amount of the story from the music, which is helpful. Because this is one... I haven't seen this one, obviously. It hasn't really been around too much. Uh, yeah. Live-wise. But the soundtrack does give you a lot of it and it's just it's weird to listen to (laughs) it's it sounds like it would be but it does include like bits of dialogue and stuff too so it's weird to listen to it here (laughs) yeah but it's a show it does exist (laughs) it does exist and the internet apparently loves it so yeah this one's real popular on like instagram is where i first encountered it (laughs) On Tumblr, for whatever reason. Why not am I not surprised, surprised by that? Right. <laughs> not a favorite of mine, but it's okay. It's a show. Yep. Okay, yeah, does anyone have any more thoughts about Act 1? No. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I said my piece. Alright. So we have a theater fact, Kylie. Part of the stage that extends past the proscenium arch and into the audience area is called the apron. Wow. It's called the apron. That is so cute. I know. That was just a cute little fact. Cute little apron. I don't have too much for you this week, but uh, just a gentle reminder, we do still have our merch, and it's awesome. And you can find that at www.ragtagnetwork.com slash merch. Also, we are doing awesome things over on our Instagram, which if you want to watch us be dorks, come check us out. And you can just find us at Save Me an Isle Seat. No squibs involved. Yes. But yeah, so with that stuff, stuffy stuff's out of the way are we ready to to chip away at act two 
squip our sink up our way into Act Two. There you go. Squip our way into Act Two. Listen, we're gonna have to be more chill in Act Two, you guys. <laughs> she said the show. Oh, no, <laughs> she said the name of the thing. <laughs> okay. So on Halloween, Jake throws a large party with alcohol and shenanigans in the song Halloween. Obviously. See, I told you there was a party. Hell yeah. You didn't say there were going to be shenanigans, though. I quit. <laughs> shenanigans are expected when there's a teenage party. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. So Christine arrives in a Juliet costume, hoping to get Jake's attention, but he just brushes her aside. Rude. Jeremy arrives to meet up with Brooke. And Chloe, who is jealous, tries to seduce Jeremy. Jeremy Aww. is uncomfortable with this, but the squip forces him to go along with it. And so he ends up making out with Chloe in the song, Do You Want to Hang? Oops. And he just starts doing push-ups all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. And so Chloe also starts plying Jeremy with alcohol, which is mean. Don't do that to people. Nope. Yeah. But this causes the squip to malfunction. So she then tries to have sex with him, which angers Jake and breaks Brooke's heart. Also, even if you're a lady, you still have to ask for consent. Yes. You cannot just force your way onto anybody. Right. And she is, anyway, she trying and it doesn't go her way. So Jeremy flees and ends up in a bathroom. And there he finds Michael, who actually crashed the party. And so Michael tries to warn Jeremy of the dangers of the squip. Apparently, someone else ended up in a mental hospital after they went crazy trying to get it out of their head. Oh. Jeremy oh. ends up accusing Michael of being jealous of his popularity. Like, okay. That's it. <laughs> and so Michael, devastated at the betrayal of his best friend, locks himself in the bathroom. And he has a panic attack oh. uh, in the song Michael in the Bathroom, which is my favorite. <laughs> Why would you like the one where someone's having a panic attack? Okay, but it's a really good song. <laughs> Michael mm. in the bathroom mm. by himself. It's so good. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> also, George Salazar, like you have to, there's a bunch of videos of him performing this one. And like he gets that across so well. Like he's shaking and like, like, oh my God. His portrayal of it is fantastic. I just gotta say that. Gotcha. Jeremy talks to Christine without the squip's help and in a burst of confidence asks her out. In, a, in the song, A Guy That I'd Kind of Be Into, Reprise. Again, this is not in the recording, but it is in the Broadway one, so there's that. Christine, sad about breaking up with Jake, declines. Yeah, it really wasn't a great time for that. <laughs> Read the room. Jeez. Jeez, jeez Jeremy. <laughs> Listen, Idiot. he's not that cool, okay? <laughs> he's not. Jeremy's squip eventually reactivates, reviews the events of the party, and makes Jeremy leave the party. I mean, it's pretty much ruined. Meanwhile, Rich goes around the party desperately asking for Mountain Dew Red. He ends up talking to his squip and then sets the house on fire. <laughs> yep. Oh. Wow, talk about escalation. He really wanted that Mountain Dew. He really, he really desperately needed that Mountain Dew. The next morning, gossip rolls around thanks to Jenna Rowland. She informs everyone that Rich burned Jake's house, house down, sending Rich to the hospital and causing Jake to break both legs, <laughs> attempting to escape through a window. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> The news spreads quickly, of course, in the song The Smartphone Hour, Rich Set a Fire. Yep. Yikers. That's rich. <laughs> Matt, you're slacking tonight. I'm, I'm a little tired, so sorry. <laughs> we got you. So as the cast prepares for the play, Jeremy encounters Christine. She is shaken and upset about the fire. Jeremy realizes that he is unhappy with his life now and angrily blames the squip. 
Instead, the squip blames it on human error and tells Jeremy that the way to fix that and improve everyone's lives is to get them all squips. And it's starting to feel a little, uh, a little shop of horrors here. <laughs> Gotta get the yeah. other twos in every house. Every brain. So in Rich's house, Jeremy finds a box of squips and pours them into a beaker of Mountain Dew, thinking he's getting rid of them in the song The Pitiful Children. No, that's not how you get rid of things. Yeah, I'm not sure why he thought that would work. He's not very smart. <laughs> At home, Jeremy is confronted by his still unpantsed father, mm. who brings up his recent change in attitude. Jeremy argues back and calls his father a loser. His father seems to realize something is seriously wrong with his son, and so he reaches out to Michael and asks him not to give up on his friend. Michael reluctantly agrees, but on the condition that Mr. Here put on some pants and be a better father. In the song, The Pants Song. <laughs> which basically says, if you love someone, you put pants on for them. Huh. Well, Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Babe, please put pants on. You have to go grocery shopping. Yeah. No. You don't want to get on a oh. list. <laughs> Backstage during the play, Christine confronts Jeremy over his use of the squip, causing him to doubt his plan. However, the squip has already begun to take over others. That Mountain Dewey with the squips in earlier ends up here and gets passed around. Because, yeah. of course, <laughs> it's very Oprah-esque. You get a squip and you get a squip. Yeah, the Mountain Dew is a terrible idea. Yeah. The squip reveals its plan, sink the entire student body, and then take over the world. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. Jeremy comes to a realization. Green Mountain Dew activates it, and Mountain Dew Red deactivates it. Because red means stop. Yeah. Oh. And that's why Rich was uh, looking for some earlier in the show. That is stupid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, Mountain Dew Red was discontinued years ago. No. Fortunately for Jeremy, Michael is into vintage stuff, including rare sodas. What a coincidence. Yep. What a dink. Also, in dialogue, but not in the soundtrack, Michael figures this out by talking to other gamers online that know about squips. Michael brings him a bottle of Mountain Dew Red and apologizes for his actions. But Jake, controlled by his squip, dumps most of it out. Jake, get a hold of yourself. Yep. Why you being a dumbo, Jake? So in a scene that mirrors their earlier video game playing, Jeremy and Michael fight off the controlled students. Yeah, yeah. And then it is revealed that Christine has also been squipped, and then she professes her love for Jeremy. Jeremy, wow. of course, oh. realizes that this is not what he wanted. He doesn't want her to, you know, only like him because of this thing in her head. And so he yeah. is like, well, you'll do anything for me, right? And she's like, of course. And he's like, well, drink this. And so he makes Christine drink the last of the, the Mountain Dew Red. This causes a chain reaction that destroys the rest of the squips. Yay! Yay! And this is the song, The Play. So it's fine. This all totally makes sense, logically, right? It's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, of mm. course. I, t I toned out after Mountain Dew Code Red. Oh, it's not, it's not Code Red. It's yeah. Mountain Dew Red. There's a fact about it at the end of this episode. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Jeremy wakes up in a hospital where he is sharing a room with Rich. Rich proudly comes out to Jeremy as bi, ready to fully be himself without the squip in control. <laughs> nice. Nice. And so Michael visits Jeremy and the two reconcile. Mr. Here even shows up wearing pants and says he will be a better <gasps> wow. dad. Oh my god. Wow. True love does exist. <laughs> and it wears pants. <laughs> so, surrounded by friends and family, Jeremy realizes that there will always be outside influences, but he needs to make up his own mind about things. He asks Christine out again, and this time she accepts and kisses him. The squip reveals itself to be alive, but weak, 
taunting Jeremy from inside his head. Jeremy ignores it, proclaiming that, of all the voices in my head, the loudest one is mine, in the song Voices in My Head, which concludes the show. So deep. Yeah, there's kind of a lesson at the end here. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I mean, I am my own worst critic, that's basically a... <laughs> Very roundabout way, but sure. Embrace yourself and don't use technology to make yourself better? Yeah. Uh, no. Red means stop. That is true. We did learn that today. And we do have another fact about Mountain Dew, like I said, so if someone wants to read that for us. So yeah, the Mountain Dew factoid. So Mountain Dew was developed in 1940 and released in 1954. Mountain Dew Red was the first flavor variant of Mountain Dew. It was a fruit flavor. Wow. Yep. I guess, yeah, some heavy quotes there, because sometimes... <laughs> It is juice flavored. <laughs> but this flavor was only released in small areas of Alabama and was both uh, released and discontinued in 1988. So really not much is known or remembered about Mountain Dew Red. Fruit? Yeah. Hmm. So I guess it, it was like close to like a fruit punch? Probably. Maybe. That's weird. Well, I don't even know what Mountain Dew actually tastes like, so it just tastes like Mountain Dew. It tastes like green drink <laughs> if if green had a flavor it tastes like high school <laughs> probably basically <laughs> you know if i if i were to watch like a documentary and it and like mountain dew was actually made like the parody stuff they did in uh futurama the yeah. slurm i wouldn't really be that surprised <laughs> it'd be like ah yeah nope that makes sense <laughs> disgusting but all right <laughs> yeah so, okay he- very you know cool. what? Maybe it isn't the most illogical that Mountain Dew can turn off mind-melting robots. <laughs> right. That's how people get the neon-colored hair, right? Yeah, they just yeah drink a ton of Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so what do we think about the show as a whole? Uh, a whole lot of crazy. <laughs> it's weird. A, it's a wild um, one. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, uh... Definitely can see why older generations probably didn't resonate with this story. Mm-hmm. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a bit bizarre, but... A bit? I'll have to give this one a listen. Mm-hmm. Right. To, yeah. to get more of, like, the feel for it. But story-wise, I mean, we've definitely gone over worse stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this, again, has a very, like, similar theme Similar storyline as, like, a lot of, you know, teen stuff does. Mm -hmm. So it's not, like, that far out of the realm of, like, you know, understanding. Yep. Like, I get it. So, yeah. I mean, it's weird. But not, again, not the weirdest thing we've covered. And not the weirdest thing I've heard of in in terms of, like, teen coming of age high school stories. Mm Mm-hmm. Accept yourself and avoid Mountain Dew is what I got from Yeah. And try not to have panic attacks in the bathroom. Mm. Yeah. Especially at a party that you crashed that eventually the house gets set on fire to. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, don't go to parties in high school. Don't set houses on fire. I mean, if it's like, you know, a friend's birthday party, that's fine. But Yeah, but not a rager where like the parents are out of town and there's alcohols. Don't do that. Life lessons from Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> like we started off the show with, it's okay to be a, a, a nerd and a loser. Yes. Go for it, yes, man. It is. Do whatever you want to do. Don't implant 
technology in your head because you don't fit in. Because then you definitely won't. Right. Yeah, you definitely won't fit in. It wasn't, like, the story, you know, made sense to a degree. It had a kind of logical progression to things. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like, yeah, it it happened. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I'll definitely have to listen to this one and kind of see how the music plays into it. Because I, I can definitely see how, how uh, what was it described as like... Electronic-y? Poppy and electronic definitely fits, like, the vision of this this show. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds mm-hmm. exactly like you expect it to, honestly. Like... Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's interesting for sure. And uh, obviously interesting enough to capture, you know, the, the corners of the internet who revived it from nothingness. Mm-hmm. So that's that's cool. The internet has powers when it wants to. Yes. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, go listen to it. Make your own decision about it. See if the internet hype is all what it is. And apparently if you're over 25, you won't hear anything. So cool. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you'll miss out on the high pitch whistling. Woo. Woo. If you're mentally a kid, it works just yeah. fine because I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you got young yeah, ears. We're, we're fine. <laughs> well, then I think that will go ahead and wrap us up for this one. Then, about to say yes. The squip. It's it's going. The squip has taken over. We do actually have some Mountain Dew at the house. Go go go! Wonder what would happen if we drank that Mountain Dew because it's three flavors. I don't. No. What? I think you'd just explode. I would just explode. Yeah, my head explodes. No reaction, just it just explodes like a Mortal Kombat fatality. (laughs) But yeah, thanks so much for listening to this episode, you guys. Please, of course, you know, check it out for yourself and make your own decisions about this one, but definitely give it a a listen and just, you know, kind of just go for it. And like always, be sure to like and subscribe to us wherever you are listening to your podcasts. This ensures that you get our episodes as soon as they are posted. And get on, on these great new shows that may or may not be coming back. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you want to be super cool and you go on Apple, please leave us a five-star review. Okay. And, of course, the best way uh, to help us out is always via word of mouth. So please tell your friends, your family, your coworkers, the the voice that lives in your head, like, to listen to the show, and so we can get a wider audience. Although, I guess if you tell the voice in your head, we're not going to get very far, but, you know, do your best. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to reach out to us, because we're pretty cool, I gotta say, and I can guarantee you none of us have scripts in our heads, so we're, like, authentically cool, but also losers, so, you know. That sounds like someone who has a script in their head. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you want to hear about what it's like to have a script in our head, I guess... You can reach out to us on <laughs> Twitter at Save You can reach out to us on Instagram at Save We're having a lot of fun there. Got some cool videos up. We are on YouTube under the Ragtag Network. We are on the Facebook, the Book of Faces uh, at Save But if you'd like to talk maybe a little more privately about what it's like to have a squip in your head, I understand. I'm here if you need to talk. Uh, and you can reach out to us <laughs> at Save at gmail.com. Yeah, and also, if you have other shows that you're, like, trying to revive from the depths, like this one happened to work out, just go ahead and email us. We'll cover pretty much anything, so. Heck yeah. Just let us know what weird shows that you've got from scrounging the internet. We'll, you know, we'll put it into our roster. So, if you want to keep up to date with uh, what we're doing and 
our other shows. The best way to do that is to go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. That's where you'll find other shows like Total Tomfoolery, which is our D&D podcast, and Bag of Bones, which is our dark history podcast. So we got a, a couple things there and also future shows, fingers crossed. So our website is just the best way to keep track of all the, that and our shenanigans and is a good way to get to our merch, which is www.ragtagnetwork.com slash merch. You can find a lot of cool shirts and hats and things like that on there. No squips, we more or less promise. But you can well, go you, ahead and check it out. You have to, like, eat them, so just, just don't eat the merch. Yeah, just don't eat the merch. We don't recommend you eat the merch. <laughs> I mean, Do they'll look recommend. great. But I I don't think they're going to taste as good as they look. Yeah, I yeah highly doubt. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I think that'll wrap up our announcements for this week. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Save Me an Isle Seat. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, oh goodbye. <laughs> Sounds like a squib. It's a squib. Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Isle Seat. We do this show for fun, but if you'd like to support us, you can check out our Ko-Fi at www.ko-fi.com slash ragtagnetwork. For more episodes and shows like this, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This show is brought to you by the Ragtag Network. If you love stories from American history, but are curious to follow down the more unbeaten path, then this five-star podcast is for you. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Boucher, and I'm a full-time author that loves to dig up stories that didn't quite make it into the mainstream history books. I lean more towards the darker side of American history. The curious, the strange, the deadly. Legends, murders, rituals, hauntings, traditions, and beliefs and the interesting collection this country was founded on. Join me every week with a new story that peeks behind the curtain of America's yesterday. You never know what I'll find in my bag of bones.